welcome to the first and ten podcast we are back i say we it's me ross dave is on his annual uh, week one holiday uh, so it gives me a chance to join myself with some of the other podcasters in our little network so joining me from the vikings pod is james how we doing good mate you i'm not too bad just uh not discussing our game though so <laughs> We'll skip over that one. And uh, joining me from the Seahawks pod is Alan. Hello, guys. How are you doing today? Yeah, good, mate. Thank you. It's always good to have a Monday morning when the Seahawks have won, isn't it? Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Nothing better. Let's, and let's the Clippers there, lose, but that's a different sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is always good as well. Can't build super teams. Let's start with the Seattle game this time. Let's start uh, the Seahawks 38, the Atlanta Falcons 25. Let Russ cook is the cry, has been the cry all off-season, and boy, he got cooking yesterday. Thirty-five of, uh, 31 of 35 for 322 and four touchdowns. I didn't know what to do with myself. Man. There was <laughs> barely, barely any runs from anyone. What was happening? It was the most calm I think I've ever felt in a Seattle game for like four years. Yeah, my wife um, says to me, what, what's happening? We're all normally like really nervous and really close. The, the score was really close. <laughs> Why were you like up by 25 points? It, it was wonderful. And it's amazing what happens when you let the best quarterback in the NFL play like the best quarterback in the NFL and not like a replacement level quarterback. It's yeah. like, it, 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 you know... Why get one moment of magic when you can get twelve? Like that's, you know that that that's my biggest takeaway. And also, Jamal Adams is like the best defensive player in the NFL. It's ridiculous how good he is. Oh man, he was all—he played like a defensive end. He it was ridiculous. He was very rarely in the secondary. He was always on the line of scrimmage. It was twelve tackles, eight solos, four assisted tackles, one sack. Uh, I'm sure he broke up a couple of plays as well. Two uh, QB hits as well. Yeah, Should have had was... an interception before Quandre Diggs stole it from him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what they were going for. Some sort of fail Mary play at the end. But yeah, we um, I mean, we dominated from start to finish. If you look at the stats, then it looks like the Falcons played really well. Matt Ryan had three receivers over 100 yards. Julio pulled down some ridiculous catches when he was <laughs> incredibly tightly covered by Shaq Griffin a couple of times. Mm. But it was crazy. Julio's going to get his nine receptions for 157 yards. He's, that's what he's going to do. And Calvin Ridley, nine for 130 with two touchdowns. The second one was just a complete... I think Adams just wanted to tackle so many people. He tackled yeah. Shaq Griffin, didn't he? <laughs> on the, on the yeah. play. It's not yeah, ideal. It um, no. But yeah, they, they, they got theirs. But again, a lot of empty stats. 450 yards Matt Ryan finished with uh, two touchdowns and a pick. I said to James before we started recording, there was a stat I saw... That, there's eight times that opposing quarterbacks have put up over 400 yards passing on the Seahawks, and the Seahawks are eight and zero in those games. That, that's mental. If you put up over 400 yards passing, you should win that game. I would yeah. absolutely love to see what quarterbacks that are up against as well. I mean, obviously you've got Matt Ryan being the latest coast to that, but the other seven and zero would be an interesting to see what caliber of gunslinger that you've done that against. Yeah, I might have to find that, those stats actually because. Obviously, I think, I think Mahomes is one of them. That would not surprise me, considering how good Mahomes is. I mean, that's just—he's such a talent. Yeah, that was the end of the season before last, wasn't it? Yeah, just yeah. back and forth. Great back game. And forth. It was yeah. an awesome game. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Todd Gurley? I thought he looked like the old Todd Gurley. He had some proper powerful runs. Oh, I was about to say he doesn't look like the Todd Gurley from last year. It looks like he's been invigorated by leaving the Rams, which you know helps because it's the Rams. Um, <laughs> You know, get that Ram slander out there. Um, 
But at, at the same and at the same time, though, um, there was a lot of times where his runs were bottled up by the Seattle defense, where like he was about to break big, mm. but then he didn't. Um, so it it was a very interesting um, performance by Todd Gurley, but an encouraging one, I think, if you're the Falcons. Yeah, I think they'll they'll do fine this year. It's it was an interesting defensive lineup from the Seahawks. That not hardly any money spent on that defensive line now, but I didn't miss Clowney, if I'm fair. Benson Mayo looked quite good. Got in uh, a tackle for made a tackle for a loss, and he got a sack as well. Player like Clowney in the NFL, considering how old he is and what he brings, isn't a given. He's a luxury at this point. Yeah, as long as you have the pieces outside of him. He will obviously generate for you more pressure, more QB sacks, and more tackles for loss, all this. But as long as you have the pieces outside of that and can work around having an organizational fit, which works it all together, yeah, then you don't need him. It's like with us at the minute, if we had Hunter, do we really need Ngakwe? That kind yeah, of exactly. argument. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I'm excited for this defense. The linebackers, Bobby Wagner's the best in the league, and he has been. been. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> never been on board this Luke Keekley thing. He was uh, an injury-prone, at least second-best linebacker. But yeah, Bobby Wagner's still immense, and yeah, the secondary is very exciting. I'm not going to say Legion of Boom, but they're young, and there's oh. a lot of time to grow together. The, the one that surprised me the most at times was like Delano Hill, who's like you know, a backup strong safety and he's coming in in dime situations and he looks really, really good. Yeah, not, I'm not saying he looks good. anywhere close to like Jamal Adams or Quandre Diggs or, or anything like that, but he looks like a guy that in a pinch, if you need him to play, he'll play mm. and he'll do a serviceable job for you. And we've missed that. We've missed that because, you know, we've seen it oftentimes when Earl went down, when, when Cam went down. Um, for two years, we didn't have anyone alongside Bradley McDougald, who was a, yeah. a decent safety, you know. The Tedrick Thompson experience wasn't it, yeah. <laughs> you know, with the greatest respect to Tedrick Thompson. Um, but at the same time, um, I just want to touch on Clowney quickly. Um, yeah. I wish he would have stayed because I thought he was a warrior. I thought he, he, play, he, he, he could have mailed it in. He could have sat out the second half of the season when he had his hernia but he chose to play on, so massive respect to Clowney. Yeah. But at the same time, if Clowney came, I think he would have been like the icing on top of this um, very exciting defense cake. Um, but now, um, I'm excited to see what Daryl Taylor does when he comes back. Hopefully he comes back towards the end of the season. Um, I thought LJ Collier looked decent. Yeah. He, he looked way better than what he did last year. Yeah, he looked, he looked like a, He actually looked like a defensive end. <laughs> Which is what you get in the first round, hopefully. Yeah. So, and to finish this off, Ross, uh, if you want to say Legion of Boom for this current Seattle Seahawks defense, go ahead because I may or may not have used the words "purple people eaters" in the 21st century in one of my latest blog posts. Oh no! And we've seen how that has worked out week one. Uh, let's move on into the Browns and the Ravens. Uh, the Browns had it all there for them. What could go wrong this year? Well, they faced the Ravens first up and lost by. 32 points. Um, 38-6 was the final score. Um, is Baker Mayfield a good quarterback? He's broken. Mm. He's broken. 
And I, I want to touch on this, but I know, James, you have more details on Stefanski because you actually watched him game in, game out. I don't think Kevin Stefanski was the right person to bring in to rebuild Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Um, I think Kevin Stefanski is the guy that you want to come in and bring in, like, you want to establish your running game. But obviously, they have a fantastic running back, so I understand that. But Baker Mayfield looks broken, and I don't see him getting fixed anytime soon. Yeah, on this, 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 there, this, 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 I can't say it. The Stefanski. Um, yeah, this, this, I'm just going to say Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> he is a guy who, if you give him solid running backs, he'll build you a team. But he's not, he isn't, he isn't a QB whisperer. I mean, a lot of people forget he was the QB coach during the miracle season for us where we went 13-3 and had the Minneapolis Miracle touchdown with Case Keenum. He managed to whisper in Case Keenum's ear enough to get him to that top caliber play and push it. So I think without a preseason, this was what this was to be expected. Yeah. You can't go in as a new head coach, a first time head coach no less, after spending ten plus years at a different organization and instantly install your mentality. The Browns need to give him leeway and understand that even though you have this elite receiving talent, even though I think Odell is overhyped and Landry is not showing his best, um, it's going to be a project rather than an instant talent build. You're going to smash it out and win. Baker needs that time to rediscover his confidence. I mean, you go to his rookie season, he set the record for touchdowns by a rookie QB. He does have the caliber. It was just that the weight of expectation in season two, getting Odell in the off season, having this mm. offense which everyone was dubbing the best in the league, even without a down being played, it crushed him. And when it didn't work off and he couldn't keep up with the hype, it ruined the entire team for him. So now they just gotta work on getting back to that front, getting back to a confidence level, ignoring the hype and just doing what they can do. And they will make it eventually. I think this was the for me personally, this was the surprise result of the week purely because of how big it was. That's not to say the Ravens aren't brilliant. I mean, Lamar is 20-3 and three as a starter for a reason. He's amazing. But to lose by 32 in this fashion yeah. was shocking, even by the Brown standards. They should yeah. have been more competitive, and something was clearly wrong. And I have no doubts that Spansky is going to work out those kings. Fair enough. The Ravens were the Ravens, basically. Just carried on where yeah. we left off last season. What a touchdown catch from Mark Andrews, that one-handed leap in one of the back of the end zone. That was fantastic. The second best tight end in the NFL. <laughs> I, only, I only say that because George Kittle's in a stratosphere of his own. Yeah. Like, like realistically, George Kittle's unreal. But Mark Andrews is the perfect tight end for the Ravens. He mm-hmm. really is. Um, um, and I thought Marquise Brown looked good. Hollywood was getting open all the time. And the biggest thing I saw from Lamar was he looked a lot more accurate consistently this yeah. game than he did in other previous seasons. And obviously that happens when you're a third year, fourth year, <laughs> a quarterback in the NFL. Obviously you will improve, you know, that's just the nature of the game. Um, but at the same time, I think this was more a story about how bad the Browns were in comparison to how good the Ravens were. Yeah. Um, just because I think, like like James said, I think the Browns still have a lot of kinks they need to work out this season. Whereas I think the Ravens are, are essentially the same team minus Earl Thomas, which yeah. seems to be a good thing in their situation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it seems to have galvanized the team. 
Um, I love Earl, but you know it doesn't seem like the same Earl that we had in Seattle right it's now. Off the rail slightly, which, which which is telling that no one signed a player like Earl Thomas yet. Like yeah. that's super telling, in my opinion. Yeah, um, definitely. So it is. It's very interesting, and like you said, I think it's more um, Browns need to work out their Kings James instead of the Ravens actually being um, Baltimore yet. Which yeah. you know they might be. They might go fourteen and two again. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But at the same time, I'd I'd wait another couple of weeks to see just how good they look this season when they play against a better opposition. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hype train has crashed and is a smouldering mess somewhere. Um, they lost thirty four twenty three to the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> Tom Brady finished with a stat line of twenty three completions for two thirty nine, two touchdowns, and two picks. Um, Leonard Fournette five carries for five yards. Good, continuing his form from the Jags. Um, Gronk had two for 11. Uh, Mike Evans had one reception for two yards on a touchdown after being almost ruled out. And Chris Godwin, six for 79. It, it wasn't a great day for a Buccaneers. Uh, if you're one of these new Buccaneers fans, was it? It's... The entire build-up to this game was, as a lot of people said, Breeze versus Brady. It was arguably two of the greatest to ever swing the ball. Yeah coming against each other. And then this was a game dominated by defence. I mean, the scoreline might not suggest that considering New Orleans put up 34. But to say Brady has had no off-season with this team and no reps in a proper game, scrimmage can only count for so much. And he still managed to put up nearly 240 in two touchdowns. Yeah. It's amazing. And then you consider the fact that in New England, he was barely getting hit. He rarely was sacked. All of a sudden, he's been sacked three times hit and, and hit six yeah. in a game. He's taking his lumps, and he's not going to be the same guy you'd see in uh, New England because he can't sit in the pocket for as long as he was because that O-line is still a little suspect. Yeah, Maybe it's because he's got new young pieces and they're still trying to cuss that'll come. And throughout the season, I think you'll see this team go up against the Saints again, and the scoreline will be completely flipped. Yeah, that'd be exciting. I think yeah, they are going to improve. Things need to be worked out, like you said. A lot of the teams already. It's week one of an off-season. Things are going to have to kind of improve for them. But the Saints just did their job. Like Breeze was 18 completions, 160 yards through two touchdowns. Kamara had two touchdowns, but only 16 yards on the ground. Um, 50 through the air. Jared Cook was a leading receiver. Five receptions for uh, 80 yards. I mean, this, this Bucks defense is good. I think it gets overlooked how good they are. It was a weird game because you had a 41-year-old and a 43-year-old at quarterback. <laughs> like, if we want to talk about the elephant in the room, the best quarterback on the field was a backup quarterback for the Saints who didn't see any snaps. <laughs> you know, we, we can say all we want about Jameis's 30 interceptions. Uh, people completely negate the fact that he had 5,000-plus yards and 30-plus yeah. touchdowns as well. Like, he was good. He made mistakes, but everyone makes mistakes first year in an Arians offense. Like, literally yeah. every single quarterback who has ever played for Bruce Arian. Look at Tom Brady yesterday. Mm. Tom Brady made mistakes. Yeah, made, he's made he's on form he for 30 made. and 30 as well. Exactly. <laughs> and, but we, we, we will, if Jameis threw the picks that Tom Brady threw yesterday, people would be laughing at Jameis Winston. Yeah. But it's not happening for Tom Brady because obviously he's the greatest of all time. Mm. Um, but also, Drew Brees looked a step behind. I don't know if it's a lack of preseason games, but then they don't play the preseason games anyway. So 
I can't make the argument that Drew Brees and Tom Brady aren't uh, uh, are not benefiting. You know, um, yeah. I think it's just a case of they're getting old, and old people play badly sometimes. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, I think the Saints would be a lot better if Sean Payton got out of his own way. Stop trying to force Taysom Hill into situations. Just, just. Right, it's, th- it's third and five, and you bring in Taysom Hill for at quarterback to pl- for a designed run. Just throw a short pass to Michael Thomas for six yards. Like it's such easy, it's so much easier to do that. But then that's an interesting thing about that game. Thomas went three for seventeen yards. Mm. That's not Michael Thomas. That's no. your wide out three. That's chuffing Taji Sharp and the Titans kind of progress. Not Michael Thomas at the New Orleans Saints. It's only on they five to... targets as well. Yeah, they kept Thomas quiet, and that's the key to. St- stopping that New Orleans offense. It was just a shame that they couldn't generate more on their own offense the Buccaneers. Yeah. And if we're saying Jameis Winston is the best quarterback that didn't play, I'm sorry, we all forgot about Taysom Hill for a second. <laughs> I mean, I watched that NFC wildcard game against the Vikings and he was the best quarterback on the field up until overtime. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Cardinals and the 49ers. Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. Niners fans, get used to it. Um, I like this Cardinals team. Kyle Murray uh, is an exciting quarterback. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the targets. NFL. <laughs> 16 targets. That's insane. Larry is the second best, uh, second highest target with five. Um, he had 14 receptions for 151 yards. It honestly feels like at this point, D-Hop is Larry Fitzgerald's support worker and he's just kind of helping him around <laughs> the nursing home. It's like, here we go, old man. This is how we do it. And yes. Yeah. I bet Fitzgerald's just sat in the locker room like, man, if I was 10 years younger, I could develop those. <laughs> he was five it's... years younger. <laughs> yeah. But it's that's great for Fitzgerald. I mean, he's, he's, what, 40 now? And he's no longer the wideout one in Arizona. And that's great for him. He can. He's still an amazing talent with his hands, despite his age. He can now focus more on his short routes, which, given the fact that when you get older, it's not your arms that go, it's your legs. This is why all the quarterbacks are succeeding more. Yeah. He can focus on that, and he still can generate the plays. He still plays like he's a mid He's not a, in his 40s. And it just alleviates so much pressure off him. I mean, even though Kirk didn't get his catch on his uh, – well, didn't get any yards on his one reception, it's, he's still an option there. D-Hop brings not just an elevated talent, but an elevated bit of pressure for the entire offensive roster. Yeah. Um, for the Niners, I mean, you've got to have someone else to catch the ball outside of George Kittle. Like you, If he's your wide receiver one, I don't know they've got injuries and stuff, but the guys that are injured, I don't think are that fantastic that they're any better, than, especially any better than George Kittle. He's on, like you said earlier, he's on the stratosphere all of his own. Like. <sighs> Shanahan is a very good coach. There's no denying that. And I'm going to sound like a Seahawks homer, but I don't, I don't get the hype. Like they're not doing anything special. They're no different to what the Rams were three years ago. It's the same thing, and it, it's been found out ever so slightly. I think. Well, it's not even that. It's the same thing like the Rams. They have a bad quarterback. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good your offensive scheme is. If people have months to plan for your bad quarterback, they will catch your bad quarterback out. I mean, I know he got very lucky on the Raheem Mostert slant type thing where yeah. Mostert just ran past everyone because Raheem Mostert is apparently the quickest running back in the NFL <laughs> now, you know. It, it happens, you know. Um, I think he's very good for him as well. I think him and McKinnon is a very interesting backfield. I really do. I like Jarrett, I like Jarrett McKinnon a lot when he was in Minnesota. Yeah. So it's fine. And also it's nice to not see a guy getting 
injured again. So I hope he stays healthy um, just from a personal, you know, human standpoint. But Jimmy Garoppolo is not that guy at quarterback. He really is not. He's, no. He is, um, how do I say it in a nice way? He is worse than Jared Goff, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> and Jared Goff is league average. Let's talk about Jared Goff. Nicest one. Let's talk about Jared Goff and his team. They beat the Cowboys 20 to 17. I mean, hardly the something. How about them Cowboys? Yeah, them Cowboys with all the season again. Yep, they've got all the offensive talent they could want. Um, Yeah, 17 points. Um, They were hard done by. They, yeah, that final pass interference call on Gallup. On Gallup. He does push off, but I mean, no more than any other receiver does to get generate that slight bit of space. It wasn't a no. The, the issue I have with the rule is the extension of the arm. Yeah, bit of it. Like I could have my arm ninety five percent out, and if I just twitch my elbow a little bit, they consider that my extending my arm to create push off, even though that would just be me flexing out to ease the muscles and get ready for the catch. Yeah. It's such a finicky part of the rule that a lot of people forget about it. A lot of people don't take it into consideration when they're running the routes. I mean, even playing uh, from my own time in flag football, even though there's not meant to contact, you could still get pass interference because the guys would be up and close and trying to generate it. And there'd be times I'd be on a guy, I put my arm out just to get ready for the catch and start spinning myself, using it as momentum. And because I extended a little bit, I've caught a guy on his arm and pushed him and it's gone as offensive pass interference. Yeah. It's such it's such a small detail that it either needs to get rid of or needs to be clarified as to what extension actually is. Because minimal extension does nothing. If it's a full arm getting pushed out from side to full extension, then yeah, I agree. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the Rams, I mean, they won, but they, they just struck me as a very boring team now. What happened? What? Sean McVay was this genius that no one was ever going to figure out, and they're just like a really standard run-of-the-mill NFL team now. It, it, it's it's that thing I told you. It's it's the fact that they've gone from you know having a, an average quarterback with an offense that no one's ever seen to an average quarterback that they've seen the offense now. Yeah. And while the offense is still, in my opinion, brilliant, I think Sean McVay is really really phenomenal. Mm. Um, at the same time, however, he doesn't have an elite quarterback. No. And I thought, and I personally thought, the um, the Rams would have been a perfect case study in what happens when you draft a new quarterback every four years. Because yeah. I don't think Jared Goff is very good, and I think giving Sean McVay that new quarterback every few years, I think would have been very very interesting. Um, but they went and paid Goff, and now they're in salary cap hell. And then they gave Jalen Ramsey 21 million. Good job, Rams. I love Jalen Ramsey, um, but not on this team. Um, I don't understand giving him 21 million um, a year. So the Rams are in purgatory at the moment. They beat the Cowboys, obviously, um, but I'm still not sold on the Rams. I think they're the fourth best team in the NFC West. I really do. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, where should we go next? There's some games that don't really need to talk about. James, we're going to have to talk about the Packers and Vikings, I'm afraid. It's gone, man. 43-34, final score. Um, 
He's got, he, he came back late. Uh, he scored 24 in the last quarter, but it was that half-time interception. It's, it's quite interesting, this. I'm going to use, and it's going to pay me to say this, I'm going to use a Vince Lombardi <laughs> expression. <laughs> we didn't lose, we ran out of time. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> obviously there was a couple of issues. I mean, I said it before the podcast started. The turning point was a Jerry uh, Alexander uh, interception. It's there. There was an interesting note I actually just picked up on. Uh, Sorry, tweeted by one of the Vikings um, beatboxers, not beatboxers. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, the Vikings led the league on play-action touchdowns last season. Kirk Cousins put up a career-high 13 touchdowns of, of play-action. That entire game against the Packers, I didn't actually notice this. He only threw one play-action pass. Oh, wow. And coincidentally, that was a 37-yard touchdown. <laughs> so it proves that the offense, when it gets rolling, gets playing how Kubiak wants to play, it's going to be there because that works. But it's a case of embedding a young receiver, getting the Titans more involved to fit the offense that Gary Kubiak likes to run. And then this young defensive core, I mean, as I said, we've lost 400 plus snaps of experience. We've got no experienced defensive tackle who can generate that pressure. We've lost Hunter until three. It's going to be a struggle this early week, but once the offense is set and adjustments are made, I mean, this reminds me of 2015. We lost to San Fran quite disgustingly. We then went on to go 11 and 5 and win the division. San Fran went 5 and 11 and uh, finished bottom of theirs. And if there's one thing I trust in, it's Zimmer making these defensive adjustments. Um, I mean, in 2017, I think it was, the first two, three games we put up, we got put up at least 300 plus yards by the quarterbacks. And then after that, no team put up over 200 on us until the playoffs. It shows that Zimmer still has that mental capability and moulding these young cornerbacks. There was some positive players. Dantzler was uh, physical and Hughes proved his worth. As long as they can get Gladney up to speed and take out Holton Hill for me, because Holton Hill was a bit of a bum that game. Give even And I can't excuse it because he has the experience. If we can get them up to speed faster, then honestly, next week against the Colts could be a very interesting game. You've got former Rangers striker Chris Boyd as a defensive back as well. Of course. <laughs> I think it's a bit more to be keeping up with the pace of T.Y. Hilton next week. <laughs> um, we'll just run through the scores in the other games and stop me if there's anything you want to talk about from those ones. So Washington beat uh, the Philadelphia Eagles 27-17. Um, the Patriots beat the Dolphins 21-11. The just Jags- so people aware of the Patriots one uh, this was the most uh, a QB has rushed in the Belichick era and the first time that a QB has rushed for two touchdowns since 1982 Madness. and it's tied for a franchise record almost 40 years uh, the Jags got a win they, they can't go over 16 now they can't go Gardner Minshew fan club yeah Gardner <laughs> also Philip Rivers that. is really bad Gardner Minshew I want that trophy that uh, OC and that are going for on the BBC show, the Garden Minshew trophy for the most predictions this season. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Dave have got a predictions thing running, we're competing against each other, so I'll see how we've done. Um, uh, Winner gets a Garden Minshew moustache. Yeah, one of us has to wear one for a while. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, the Bears beat the Lions 27 23. Um, 
the, the North is going to be a, a fun division this year, I think. The NFC North is going to be the most competitive division this year in football. All the teams have a shot at winning it, and that's even saying the Lions at this point. Mm. Uh, Adrian Peterson's going to bring something new and coach up DeAndre Swift, and Matthew Pat Statford is <laughs> uh, always just a good talent if he can stay healthy. But the key thing for that Lions roster is if they can stay healthy. This is the thing that's crippled them in recent years. Yes. I disagree with the um, stay uh, the most competitive division because I think that's the NFC West just because there's three <laughs> sublime teams. But yeah, um, I think it'll be a very competitive division nevertheless. Uh, the Las Vegas, Josh Jacobs beat the Carolina McCaffrey's 34-30. Um, lots of points from both two teams. That should be fun to watch. Now forward, uh, the Bills beat the Jets 27-17 and the Jets may be the worst team in football. They look Adam tall. Gay should not be a head coach. <laughs> Adam Gay shouldn't be in football. No, we're going to repeat this every week throughout the season because I can't yeah. see where they're going to win games, to be fair. I uh, just want to thank Josh Allen for helping me in my fantasy. I drafted him in both Same. leagues that I'm in, and he's <laughs> absolutely crushed it. Whoever's on the UK Cowboys <laughs> podcast, I do apologise for what the rest of my team's going to do. You might have the advantage now, but I have five players left to play. <laughs> Uh, the Jets have got the 49ers next that's not going to be easy then the Colts Broncos Cardinals Chargers Bills Chiefs Patriots oh my god they're for a long season uh, if you're a Jets fan um, well, I think it's going to be interesting that actually because if it comes down to the fact that we think Adam Gates is that absolutely that awful hmm. maybe Jimmy G's going to look like a good quarterback for a week yeah, next week he will. But if Jimmy G doesn't look like a good quarterback, then it proves where the issue lies for the 49ers. Yeah, um, well, he will look like a good QB next week. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, we should mention Joe Burrow's uh, debut and how I think he was unlucky to not win it at the end. There was a he found AJ Green in the end zone, but he, did he push off? It I was hate a push that rule. I hate the rule. Mm. I hate the rule. I really do. Um, I think we talked about it in the Cowboys Rams. It, it, it's just it's, you, you extend very slightly and it's a pass interference but if you have your forearm straight and you push it's fine it, yeah. it's it's stupid it really is but hey ho uh, Joe Burrow looked decent against a really really good pass rush in my opinion yeah. like they gave him problems obviously because that, but then that last two minute offense where he just took him down the field it looked like yeah this is why they drafted and yeah, Randy Bullock missed the field goal. Yeah, and injured himself kicking a football, it seems. Well, this is going to be an interesting thing. If Randy Bullock is actually injured, then he can't play Thursday with the issue he has. But if he's fit Thursday, then has he faced an injury to get away with it? Um, mm. But just to end that on the Bengals game, my friend, Jamie, he sometimes listens to the podcast and he had a quote after the game. Uh, Hopefully John Ross and Fat Randy can get cut. <laughs> Yeah, because John Ross had some dropsies issues, didn't he? I mean, John Ross can't even run a go route properly, and that says a lot for an NFL wide receiver. Yeah, it was nice he, to see AJ Green back, though. I'm a long time. Oh, ago. absolutely. And I think the Bengals have finally got it right. It looks like how good a young Andy Dalton was, but with more of a talent. I mean, people like to trash on the Bengals a lot, but Dalton was, for all intents and purposes, a pretty decent quarterback. Yeah. He just had an awful O-line. I mean, when you pay Bobby Hart that much money, then you know you're in for a bad time. Bobby Hart wouldn't even pass as a New York turnstile. So there's two games tonight. We see Denver taking on Tennessee and then Pittsburgh taking on the New York Giants. Uh, Quick predictions on who's going to win those two games, boys. Denver, Tennessee? 
Well, I need Denver to win because I have Drew Locke and Noah Fant in fantasy. Oh, Cortland Sutton, he's killed me in so many leagues by doing, oh. getting stupidly injured. Oh, no, sorry, I have Jerry Judy Giants as well. brain. Yeah, apparently they're going to make him do, he has to do 10 star jumps. Uh, and if he does, <laughs> then he can pass and he can play. But I've already benched him. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, uh, but I think if the Broncos stop the run effectively, because that Titans team, even though they were good on Tannehill, it still relies a lot on Derek Henry. Yeah, it's just trying to stop Derek Henry. Yeah, it's, it's going to be harder without Von Miller, but Bradley Chubb's back and he doesn't get mentioned as much as he should do for a no, game record. He's, he can be. He's, he's fantastic. He's fun, and they have the second best safety pairing in the NFL, the Broncos. <laughs> yeah, yeah behind do. the Vikings, Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris. Have a go. They're, 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 they're fifth. Like, <laughs> let's, let's not get it twisted. Like Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs is the best. Like. And end the discussion. Uh, and then we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the New York Giants. Do the Giants stand any chance? No. This? Um, no. Unless Ben Roethlisberger is really, really bad. Yeah, well, if Ben gets injured, then we could be in for a good, good game. It could literally be halfway through the game. Ben Roethlisberger's arms fall off. <laughs> like we've not seen, we've not I mean, seen theoretically. It the ball. <laughs> yeah. um, but the the Giants upgraded that offensive line, which they needed to do. They took the guy I wanted in the draft uh, for our offensive line. Um, obviously, they've had the issues with DeAndre Baker deciding, hey, who wants to be an NFL player? I'll be a bank robber instead. <laughs> um, but it's certainly going to be an interesting thing. I think that's going to be a lot closer than people give credit for. If Saquon can get rolling, then I think the Giants might actually steal it. Oh, okay. You heard it here first. Um, right. Thanks for joining me, boys. That's the week one preview. Um, the second time we tried it. The first one was a bit more in-depth. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks to Squadcast for falling apart on us. Um, Great. I'm assuming you guys are back this week with some podcasts for us? Yes. Me and D.D. Me and Tom are recording later today, and he has Excellent. some choice words for that the Viking defense. A bit, a bit of cheery listen for the Vikings pod. <laughs> Alan, you're back this week I, I, as well. I'm back this week, hopefully, with a special guest. So oh, stay nice. tuned for that. Excellent. So there we go. There's loads and loads of team-specific podcasts coming out on the uh, Channel 12 network. So subscribe to that if you're not already. Uh, if you want to get involved and do your own uh, team podcast that they haven't already got a team for, then let us know. Quite, uh, tweet me or Dave uh, at Rossbow1984 or at DJG23 or at First and Ten underscore. We will set you up. We'll do everything for you. You just got to record. That's it. And we will edit, post it up for you, do all the social media stuff. It's just get involved we want more teams there's still half a league that haven't got podcasts for so get involved and if you do want to talk about your team and there's already a podcast get in touch with them uh, on their twitter handles and you can maybe go and join them they've, i'm sure they're always looking for guests yes you can find us on twitter at uk scolgers we not only have the first and 12 blog, uh, podcast we've also started up a new blog for ourselves nice. on a website on wix you can find that all on our twitter page awesome um, so until we're back I think Dave's recording a podcast a couple of podcasts this week actually there's some I think some fancy ones and some betting ones and there's all sorts of other stuff coming this week so we'll be back with you then we're also from now on going forward every Sunday from 5pm on kind of our Facebook page maybe our Twitter as well we're going to be uh, game day live in it if you want to get some last minute fancy advice from well, let's face it, Dave, not me, because he's much better than me at fantasy. Um, <laughs> get in contact with him and have a listen and um, you can chat with Dave on social media for those last minute um, changes that you need to play so until then thanks for joining me guys no, no worries thank you, you for having me and we will see you next time 